We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show this evening on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. We have uh, lots to play for you this evening, but we will discuss what we're going to play and what the jazz feature is after this. As most of you know, and you would have to be either living under a rock or not listening or reading newspapers or even hearing about it, the terrible bus tragedy that happened in Humboldt, Saskatchewan with the hockey team, the Broncos. And it's hard to know. There's so many words that have been expressed and sorrow for the families, for the 15 young men that lost their lives, for the ones that have been injured, maybe very badly injured. Just the whole thing, it really is a national tragedy for Canada. People on a positive side, people have rallied with money, sympathy. I think the whole country is in mourning, or is at least thinking about the truncated futures that these wonderful young people had and lost their lives in this horrible accident. The cause and the investigation will go on for quite a while, as uh, far as I know. But without further ado, I'd just like to play a piece of music that I think perhaps symbolizes, um, at least it symbolizes my feeling, and of course those of you that uh, know these artists and maybe even know this piece of music, it might symbolize it, the whole terrible tragedy for you as well. I'll tell you who this is after we hear the music. Well, I'll tell you who it is right now. The piece of music is called Silence. It was written by bassist, the late bassist Charlie Hayden. And we hear Enrico Piranuzzi on piano and on trumpet, the great late Chet Baker, and on very quiet drums, Mr. Billy Higgins. And here then, dedicated to the memories of the 15 young men from Humboldt, Saskatchewan, silence. Thank you. 
dedicated to those who perished in Humboldt, Saskatchewan. Charlie Hayden on bass, Chet Baker on trumpet, Enrico Peronuzzi on piano, and Billy Higgins on drums, playing Charlie Hayden's beautiful composition entitled Silence. The jazz show continues. I haven't said so before. My name's Gavin Walker, and we always begin the program, with exception, of course, this week. Uh, We begin the program with our jazz feature. And this month, the month of April, we've been doing, uh, so far, uh, this is the second of these type of jazz features, music that... uh, from the early 70s when there were some very radical changes going on in jazz music, spurred um, and inspired by the innovations of the one and only Miles Davis. But there have been, there have, even before Miles uh, began his foray into uh, more electronic music, using electric piano, electric bass, uh, guitar, all, all sorts of instruments, even later on amplified trumpet. Um, there were some uh, experiments and, and changes uh, taking place. There was a band from San Francisco called The Fourth Way, which uh, was one of the pioneers of uh, what they called or what the critics called jazz fusion. Unfortunately, that became the operative word um, to describe this type of music, but jazz has always been a fusion music. It's always absorbed elements from other music, and it does so to this day, bringing in elements of European music, world music, etc., etc. Jazz has always done that, and uh, so it's always been um, theoretically a fusion music. But uh, yeah, the term fusion actually um, became more. Uh, describing jazz rock fusion, which was usually less jazz, more rock. But anyway, regardless, the musicians themselves never used this term. Uh, Miles Davis called his music directions, and uh, people like Joe Zavanul and Wayne Shorter, they just said, this is, this is our music. Um, that's it. Uh, they didn't use terms like fusion to describe it. It was simply modern music. So, One of the bands that really evolved out of um, some of the concepts of Miles Davis and, of course, the concepts of these two great musicians, saxophonist Wayne Shorter, who had just left Miles Davis' employ, and keyboard wizard Joe Zavanul. These two musicians were sort of the spearhead of this brand new band. And I remember um, when Cannonball Adderley uh, visited Vancouver, Joe Zavanul was still playing with Cannonball. He had been with uh, um, the great alto saxophonist for almost 11 years. And of course, he had contributed so much to Cannonball Adderley's repertoire, wrote some great hits, all this sort of stuff. And um, anyway, I, I was having this long conversation with uh, with uh, Cannonball, 
and we were talking about this and that and the other thing, and he said, you know, music is changing. And I said, well, yeah, I'm very aware of that. There's some new, th- new stuff happening. Look at Miles Davis. Look what's going on there. Um, and he said, yeah, he said, there's more, you know. He said, my pianist, Joe Zavinol, is, is leaving the band. Um, he said, with regrets, but he's got to do his own thing, and I'm encouraging him to, to go. So um, I said, well, really? I said, what's he going to do? At the time, I had no idea. And, and so Cannonball said, well, he's forming a band with Wayne Shorter and some other people. And uh, it's going to be a cooperative band, and they're going to call it Weather Forecast or something. And uh, so that was sort of, sort of the hint. And um, he said that they're all going to uh, eventually make a final album, solo album. And then uh, once they form this super band, uh, they're going to record only as this band, and they're not going to record individually. And, of course, that's exactly what happened. Uh, Cannibal, I had the name wrong. It became Weather Report was the name of the band, not Weather Forecast. And there was a massive amount of uh, publicity and hype about this new band that uh, Joe Zavinol formed, along with Wayne Shorter and the uh, virtuoso Czech bassist Miroslav Vitush, and the drummer, a great drummer, Alphonse Mouzon. So those were the original members of Weather Report, and they appeared on Weather Report's first album, which was issued by Columbia Records. We all anticipated this record. I remember going out and finding it was available. Uh, I got a phone call, and they said, the record has just come in. Come and get it. And I did, and I brought it home. I was kind of, oh, anticipating something absolutely incredible, considering all, all the hype. And I must say that as great as their first album was, it was a little bit, to me, anticlimactic. And I guess, you know, after paying attention to all the hype, it just <laughs> didn't seem to reach the level of, of the hype, of course. And, um, but it, the second album which came out a while later, I guess about six, eight months later, was called I Sing the Body Electric. That album got to me. It was partially done in the studio, but there were some live tracks from a concert in Japan that really nailed me. And I thought, now this is the weather report that I think the hype is all about. There were three or four tracks on that second album, which came from this concert in Japan, and I thought, well, this is, this is it. Now, there was one personnel change. Alphonse Mouzon didn't stay in the band very long, and he was replaced by a great Philadelphia drummer by the name of Eric Gravatt, and uh, he was on the live tracks from Japan. So this gets to our jazz feature this evening. We're going to hear a complete concert from Japan recorded by Weather Report. This is the concert, and what, what on that uh, second record, they edited down a couple of tracks and, and, and put them on the album. So we're, we have Wayne Shorter here on um, 
tenor saxophone and soprano saxophone, Joe Zavanul on uh, acoustic piano, and then a whole battery of uh, electronic keyboards. We have Miroslav Vitus on bass, and we have Eric Gravat on drums, and we have Doom Um Romal on percussion. The original percussionist in Weather Report was uh, Erto Mordiero, but he left as well, and Doom Um Romal took over. This was recorded in Japan in 1972, in January of 1972. And we're going to hear a complete um, concert that took place uh, with all these selections. And it's, uh, the music is, is unbelievable. Now, Weather Report, the idea behind Weather Report was not your usual play the beginning, take solos, have some exchanges, and then play the, play the head at the end. Uh, it was formed uh, as collective, more collective type of uh, improvisation and textures, bringing instruments in and out, in and out. And also, um, every uh, piece of music, much like Miles Davis's um, music of the 70s, it was segued. There's no breaks, and uh, the band just goes from one mood to another. So we're going to hear this concert and uh, the pieces of music um, we start with a medley Joe Zavanil's vertical invader opens the uh, opens the medley and then we switch to uh, Miroslav Vitus composition uh, called Seventh Arrow and another Vitus composition called TH and then uh, a famous composition by Joe Zavanil called Dr. Honoris Causa and uh, then we go to another medley, which opens with um, Wayne Shorter's composition, um, Sudo Cuckoo. And then we move to uh, another Wayne Shorter composition uh, entitled Lost. And then two Joe Zavanul compositions to end the set, Early Minor and Directions. So those are the pieces, and they're, as I said, they're all segued uh, together. So it's like uh, uninterrupted and very intense. So sit back and enjoy this concert. I take you to um, the theater that they played in Tokyo, recorded in January of 1972. Our jazz feature artists this evening one of the great bands. They were together for 16 years. One of the most significant bands of the 70s and early 80s, Weather Report.
Our jazz feature tonight, the amazing Weather Report, a band that uh, was together under the direction of Joe Zavinul and Wayne Shorter for over 16 years. And, of course, uh, different changes happened in the uh, bass department and percussion and drum department over the years, but the aim was the same. And... Um, collective uh, improvisation, um, wonderful compositions, uh, heavy use of electronic instruments, especially uh, Joe Zavinol with his battery of keyboards. Um, just an amazing band. And this was from the early days of Weather Report. Very exciting. The Tokyo concert recorded January 13th, nineteen seventy. And we heard, of course, Wayne Shorter on soprano and tenor saxophones, Joe Zavinul on acoustic piano and a whole battery of electronic keyboards, and the great genius of the bass, Miroslav Vitus on uh, acoustic bass and amplified bass, uh, Eric Gravatt on drums, which he was a brand-new drummer in the band. He took uh, Alphonse Mouzon's place. And their new percussionist, Dom Um Romal, who took uh, Erto Moriera's place on percussion. And we heard a whole variety of tunes um, by different people in the band. And we opened with uh, Vertical Invader, written by Joe Zavano, and then we moved to Seventh Arrow, uh, written by Miroslav Vitush, and then T-N, or t- sorry, T-H is the title of the next tune, and the final movement, uh, Dr. Honoris Causa. And then they took a, a very brief break and played another menu, be- uh, uh, medley, beginning with Wayne Shorter's Surukuku, and moved to um, another shorter composition entitled Lost, and then two Joe Zavinol compositions, Early Minor, and finally, Directions. So we hope you enjoyed this uh, second edition of um, music from the early 70s when jazz music was moving in some very different directions. And this, was, uh, this particular band was one of the most important bands and remained so for um, over 16 years before they uh, decided to uh, uh, part ways. Joe Zavinul, Wayne Shorter, and in this case, Miroslav Vitus, their original bassist, Eric Gravatt on drums, and Dom Um Romal on percussion. We shall return. You're listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or 
on your computer, www.citr.ca. We have a couple of announcements, and we'll be back with a good friend of mine, wonderful pianist by the name of Mike Nock. And uh, we're going to hear a very fine piece of music by Mike. Uh, And after this... Sequential Circus has been Vancouver's premier showcase of live electronic music, art, and performance for over a decade. Strap on your dancing shoes and join us for Sequential Circus 22 on Saturday, April 21st at Open Studios. Musical performances by 1800 Height Street, Amos Hertzman, Lace, MAAM, and Quest, visuals by Dermot Glennon, Pixel Pusher, and Ian Ross, and Ariel Coop performance by Celine. Tickets are $20. Get more information at sequentialcircus.ca. The Effort Conference is a student-run initiative presented by the UBC Undergrad Association at UBC's Social Justice Institute that is entering its ninth year being hosted on UBC Vancouver campus. The Effort Conference is a day-long conference and includes presentations from students, community organization workshops, free meals, and keynote speeches while providing a venue for feminist scholars, students, and community members to learn each other's skills, knowledges, and experiences. Each year, all attendees are provided with free access to workshops and student panels related to social justice as well as a free lunch. This year's Effort Conference will be held on April 28th in the AMS Nest. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. You are listening to The Jazz Show. My name is Gavin Walker, and Mike Nock... Uh, an under, rather underrated talent. Mike has been around for a long time. Of course, he currently lives in Australia. He was born in New Zealand, but he's an Australian citizen now and uh, has performed there for many, many years. And, of course, he's played with some very, very important people, um, including Charles Mingus, um, jo- um, Yusuf Latif, John Handy. And, of course, Mike was one of the... Um, for uh, original um, spearheaders of a band called The Fourth Way, which was one of the very first uh, what they call fusion bands. And The Fourth Way um, basically didn't become as famous as they should have um, because they performed mostly around the San Francisco Bay Area. But Mike was a, a huge part of that band along with... Uh, violinist Michael White and uh, drummer Eddie Marshall and uh, bassist Ron McClure. Mike, of course, recorded uh, has recorded all kinds of uh, wonderful albums. This one is a favorite of mine. It's called Ondas, and it came out on the ECM label. And Mike is paired here with uh, Eddie Gomez on bass and John Christensen on drums. And this is a very reflective and beautiful piece of music composed by Mike. And, of course, uh, his piano touch is uh, absolutely wonderful. The tune, 
or the composition Forgotten Love. Mike Knock.
quietly reflective piece of music by a wonderful pianist from Australia who, of course, has played, as I mentioned before, with literally all kinds of people, Mike Nock on piano, and that's from his uh, ECM album called On Das. And we heard Eddie Gomez on bass and Jan Christensen on drums. And the composition was Mike's, entitled Forgotten Love. Mike Nock. Before we uh, turn our attention to uh, the music of the one and only Charlie Parker, I'd uh, like to remind you of something. And 
You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and we'll be right back. Yes, well, we have the weather for you. <laughs> well, it's uh, going to change tonight. It was a pretty nice day today, actually. Um, very pleasant, nice surprise. The weather is really on and off, inconsistent this, this time of year, always is, and it is all over the country as well. April, you just don't know what's going to happen. Tonight, um, they're saying it's going to uh, completely cloud over, and we're going to get rain beginning uh, around midnight and carrying on until, uh, well, uh, noon tomorrow. Uh, So the low tonight is going to go down to 9. Rain will be ending near noon tomorrow, then cloudy (laughs) with a 40% chance of a shower, or, as you heard, a thunder shower. And it's going to get windy, too. Uh, Some kind of system is coming in, so we may get a few claps of thunder, maybe even some lightning, who knows. Uh, with a low of 9 and a high of 12 tomorrow. Then uh, the outlook for Wednesday is pretty gloomy, rain and windy, with a low of 7 and a high of 10. Thursday is cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower, maybe a little easing off a little bit with a low of 6 and a high of 10. Uh, Friday, periods of rain. Saturday, rain. And Sunday, periods of rain. Lows between uh, 6 and 7 and highs up to between 12 and 13 for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that's pretty well the weather picture for the week. Hmm. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. Real to Real Film Festival. Kids and the young at heart are invited to the festival's 20th anniversary. This festival celebrates youth filmmakers and runs from April 8th to 14th at the Van City Theatre and the Roundhouse Community Centre. And don't miss Sunday Fun Day. Come for a pancake breakfast and spend the day watching films, making animation, and exploring virtual worlds. Visit www.r2rfestival.org for more information. Well, now that we're at it, uh, I'd just like to mention a couple of really fine websites that uh, you can access, find out what's going on uh, in the jazz scene here in Vancouver. One of them, of course, is vancouverjazz.com. That's a really good website. There's all kinds of uh, links on that particular site, and it's kept uh, reasonably up-to-date by my old friend Brian Nation, who is the uh, administrator of that site. So that's vancouverjazz.com. 
The other one is coastaljazz.ca. Now, those folks are the good folks that bring you the jazz festival every year. They have concerts running throughout the year, and they also are sponsors of Frankie's Jazz Club, which, of course, is uh, one of Vancouver's leading clubs down on Beatty Street. And uh, you can check out um, the coastaljazz.ca website for the uh, schedule at Frankie's and find out who's playing there and who you would like to see. You can make reservations, uh, book a table, and do all that kind of stuff over the Internet and uh, pay for it, too. Um, And so just go down there, and then you're okay because it's all paid for, right? (laughs) That's the way it goes. Anyway, you can do all that kind of stuff on the Coastal Jazz websites. That's coastaljazz.ca. And, of course, tickets are on sale for this year's Jazz Festival. They've announced some major artists coming here, Kamasi Washington, uh, Robert Plant, uh, who's got a great band with with uh, him, and uh, all kinds of other uh, events that are happening uh, all over the city for uh, jazz festival time. And as I said, you can purchase tickets well ahead and uh, guarantee yourself um, a seat to uh, check out all the major talent that will be coming to Vancouver. So there you go. Two wonderful websites, VancouverJazz.com and CoastalJazz.ca. And don't forget Pat's Pub down at the uh, downtown east side in the historic Patricia Hotel. They have some wonderful jazz every Saturday afternoon. Some of the finest musicians play there. And the nice thing about Pat's Pub, it's very comfortable inside, nice selection of uh, brews and... and um, <laughs> brews and booze, and also uh, great food, and good acoustics, and good sight lines, and wonderful music, and there's no cover charts. Zip. So there you go. So if you're on any, any kind of uh, uh, economic uh, um, restriction or budget, most people are these days because it costs so much to live here in Vancouver. Pat's Pub, good place to go. Saturday afternoons from 3 p.m. until 7. Some of the finest musicians ever play there. So check it out. All right. We're going to take you back for this uh, short set to the Royal Roost. The Royal Roost was a legendary jazz club in New York City in the late 40s, and it presented modern jazz at its best. We're going to hear Charlie Parker and, of course, The Bird in action, live, and January 15th, 1949. And we're going to hear three staples um, that Bird and the band played with uh, Charlie Parker, of course, on alto saxophone, Kenny Dorham, the uncrowned king on trumpet, Al Haig on piano, Tommy Potter on bass, and Max Roach on drums. That was Bird's working band of the time. And we're going to hear his uh, three compositions, two by uh, Charlie Parker. First one, of course, is his famous Scrapple from the Apple. Uh, the second one is a co-composition that he did with Dizzy Gillespie called Bebop. And the third tune, of course, is the 
really the bebop national anthem. And uh, that was written by Tad Dameron, and that tune is Hot House, and it closes the set. Charlie Parker, in person at the Royal Roost.
Bob himself, the great bird, Charlie Parker, and the All-Stars all with a new sound in modern progressive jazz. And right now, one you all remember that Bird, Dizzy, and Al Haig made, and Curly Russell, long time ago for Gill, the thing called Hot House.
short radio broadcast, January 15th, 1949, from the legendary Royal Roost in downtown New York. And we heard the Charlie Parker Quintet with the great virtuoso of the alto saxophone, Charlie Parker. Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Al Haig on piano, Tommy Potter on bass, and Max Roach on drums. We heard Scrapple from the Apple, uh, written by Charlie Parker, and a co-composition with uh, his the other half of his heartbeat, Dizzy Gillespie. They wrote the second tune that we heard, the up-tempo bebop. Then we heard the uh, voice of uh, the great DJ Symphony Sid um, announce the next tune, uh, written by Tad Dameron, Hot House, and that was the final tune of that particular set. Early morning, January 15th, 1949. Charlie Parker. Here is a band, a real change of pace now. We're going to take you to New Orleans, and this is a a recording um, made by a group called the Heavyweights Brass Band. And uh, this is a lot of fun to listen to. We're going to hear three tracks uh, from this band. And, of course, this is typical um, New Orleans-style music uh, with all kinds of people. I'm not going to get into all the personnel here because you probably won't recognize any of the names, but the band is really good, and that's what it's called, the Heavyweights Brass Band. And if you're interested in uh, purchasing this record um, or CD, it's uh, www.heavyweightsbrassband, all one word, dot com. And um, that'll lead you to the website and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, the first tune we're going to hear is by trombonist Chris Butcher. And it's called Hands Down Low. And the second tune is written by Stevie Wonder and arranged by tenor saxophonist Paul Metcalf. And it's called Tell Me Something Good. And the third tune is written by the tuba player, who also plays keyboards, Tom Richards. And this is called Two Foot Ticket. So three tunes by the heavyweight brass band. So enjoy this. This is good time music. <laughs> On the board, the heavyweight crash man, got a heavyweight championship. I put the hands down low, put the hands down low. I can't shake it to the floor, I put the hands down low. Cause I'm making them fuck ya, making them
down low. Put your hands, put your hands down low. Who that? I say who that? Put your hands down low. Never let them show. Put them down, put your hands down low. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Oh, yeah. Put your hands, hands down, down low. Shake them to and fro. Put them down, put your hands down low. Coming to you live. On the way for that big wall. Thank you. 
Three tracks from the Heavyweights Brass Band, recorded in New Orleans uh, in March of last year, and we heard three tunes from this album. Of course, if you like this style of music, which is always fun to listen to, 
Um, you can check out their website and um, inquire about uh, maybe getting hold of this uh, CD. It's uh, available on uh, Lula World Records, and uh, you can uh, access it by www heavyweights brass band all one word dot com anyway the tunes we heard um the first one was called hands down low written by uh chris butcher who plays trombone in the band the second tune was uh, stevie wonder uh tune arranged by tenor saxophonist paul metcalf and that was tell me something good and the third tune was entitled two foot ticket and that was written by um, Tom Richards, who plays tuba in the band and also keyboards as well. Three tunes from this uh, album called This City, the Heavyweights Brass Band. Now, we're going to pay tribute to one of the most incredible musicians ever to cross the planet. Pianist, Composer, icon of improvised music, who never compromised, ever, and formed his, his own way of playing. I'm talking about Cecil Percival Taylor, who was born March the 25th, 1929, and he died April 5th, 2018. He was 89 years old. Cecil Taylor was raised in the Corona, Queens neighborhood of New York City and studied piano at the New York College of Music and the New England Conservatory of Music and began to perform professionally, formed his own band, his uh, quartet, with uh, soprano saxophonist Steve Lacey and bassist Buell Needlinger and West Indian drummer Dennis Charles and began playing in and around New York City and recording as well. Cecil's music has always been no compromise. Very interestingly enough, um, Cecil's music began to change uh, in the 60s. Um, The first few years, uh, his innovative piano styling was uh, in the context of straight 4-4 rhythms, and, uh, and so on. And, of course, his, his piano stylings were always uh, completely um, uh, non-compromising and, and as uh, in the slang of the day out there. Um, but, of course, he was obviously a virtuoso pianist. But later on in the 60s, he decided that he would abandon uh, straight 4-4 rhythm and, of course, play um, in a very open uh, way. Cecil had a um, way of looking at the piano. He referred to the piano as 88 tuned drums. And, of course, um, his music has always been, for many people, very difficult to, uh, to understand and follow. But I think if you just listen, as uh, Ravi Shankar once said, with an open and relaxed mind and let the music happen, um, you begin to hear the beauty and the the symmetry and the organization in Taylor's music. Uh, It's quite, 
quite amazing. And, and of course, Taylor is, um, I, I heard Cecil Taylor uh, several times um, live, which is the best way to hear his style of music. And uh, when he was here for four nights, he was brought uh, to Vancouver with his uh, band that he called the Cecil Taylor Unit. Uh, and he played four nights here at the um, little auditorium at uh, 4th and Trafalgar. And he, uh, the, the, his uh, performance was uh, sponsored by the Vancouver Jazz Society uh, that was run by Brian Nation in the 70s. And um, I ended up taking Cecil downtown after uh, performance because he was starving. <laughs> and um, I was uh, took him downtown to a, a late-night restaurant on uh, Hornby Street that served quality food. And uh, we talked the... Um, of three nights, we we talked until sunrise, and I learned so much from uh, from Mr. Taylor. And uh, um, one evening, he went over to the cave, uh, which was across the street from this restaurant, and uh, danced to uh, a great R and B band. Cecil liked to dance; he was very athletic. And of course, uh, if you ever s- saw him uh, play the piano, you'll understand that it, why he had to keep himself in tip-top shape. He was uh, in- incredibly agile and uh, to play the piano the way he does. Interestingly enough, a friend of mine in New York City, um, Larry Applebaum, who is uh, a writer and uh, a broadcaster, uh, was very interesting. He was paying tribute to the great singer Carmen McRae, who we heard last week on this show, um, because it was her birthday anniversary. And then he wanted to pay tribute to Cecil Taylor. <laughs> so he told me, he said that he, he, he could um, see on, on the computer how many people were listening to his show. So when Carmen McRae, um, when he was doing the tribute to the singer Carmen McRae, uh, oh, he had all kinds, hundreds of listeners uh, checking into his show. And then when he moved to pay tribute to Cecil Taylor, they, <laughs> they completely dropped off. That's the problem with Taylor's music. It's not that inaccessible. And um, I'm going to play some Cecil Taylor music as a tribute to this incredible um, human being and this virtuoso pianist and um, just uh, really a mover and shaker in uh, improvised music. This is uh, a solo piano solo. This is one good way to appreciate Cecil Taylor is listen to him in, uh, as, as a soloist. And he began doing solo concerts in the, uh, in the 70s. This one was done at the uh, Montreux Jazz Festival, July 2nd, 1974. And we're going to hear um, three movements, all compositions by Cecil Taylor. The first movement is entitled Abyss, The second movement is called Petals and Filaments, and the third movement is called Jitney. Here, then, is the magic, the music, and the uncompromising beauty of Cecil Taylor. Cecil Taylor.
That's a little taste of Cecil Taylor's concert that took place at the Montreux Jazz Festival in Montreux, Switzerland, July 2nd, 1974, solo piano. And we heard three movements, compositions by Cecil Taylor, obviously. And um, the first movement was entitled Abyss. The second movement was called Petals and Filaments. And the third movement was entitled Jitney. And, of course, there were more (laughs) at that particular concert. As a matter of fact, that concert uh, you can find on YouTube if you check it out. And uh, you'll be able to see and uh, watch um, Cecil perform this music. And, of course, as I mentioned before, he always kept himself in uh, tip-top shape because... You had to be to play the piano this way. But I feel that that's one of the easiest ways to get into Cecil Taylor's um, uncompromising music, which a lot of people find very, very difficult, of course. Um, But he continued in this way. We're going to hear a track from one of his most famous recordings, This one is called Conquistador, and it was uh, recorded for Blue Note Records uh, in October of 1966 with his unit. uh, That's what he called his uh, various bands, the Cecil Taylor Unit. And uh, we hear the legendary Bill Dixon on trumpet. And someone who played saxophone with, uh, alto saxophone with uh, Cecil Taylor, I call him... Uh, Cecil Taylor's Charlie Rouse, because Jimmy Lyons, uh, until his untimely death from cancer in in the mid-'80s, Jimmy Lyons uh, played and did almost uh, his whole lifetime of playing with Cecil Taylor. And uh, Jimmy Lyons was born in New York, and he started out, of course, being um, a a Charlie Parker-style alto saxophonist, And uh, then all of a sudden, uh, once he started to play with Cecil Taylor, he found what he really wanted to play um, and and his own own style. And you can still hear the um, remnants of um, Charlie Parker's style in Jimmy Lyons playing. And uh, an amazing musician. Anyway, Jimmy is on alto saxophone here, along with Bill Dixon on trumpet, as I mentioned. Two bass players, Henry Grimes and Alan Silva on basses. And a wonderful drummer that had a great musical relationship with Cecil Taylor, Andrew Cyril on drums. And we're going to hear the title track from this Blue Note album. And this is different because it is um, Cecil Taylor's unit, his band, And uh, it's a little different way of listening to his music. And I hope you enjoy um, Conquistador. This is uh, what we're going to listen to. And, of course, it was composed by Mr. Taylor. Thank you. 
our tribute to the incredible music of Cecil Taylor. And uh, this was Cecil Taylor's unit, uh, which is what he called his band, with um, recorded in October of 1966 for Blue Note Records. The album is called Conquistador. And that is the title track that we just heard with Bill Dixon on trumpet, Jimmy Lyons on alto saxophone, two bass players, Henry Grimes and Alan Silva, and Andrew Sorrell on drums, and, of course, Cecil Taylor at the piano who created that music. And um, we paid a tribute to this uh, uncompromising musician who lived until the age of 89. And uh, Cecil Taylor um, carried on through life, uh, never uh, compromised or simplified, or he followed his own artistic muse. And of course, is one of the prime improvisers of American music, and uh, one of the great musicians in improvised music and jazz history. Cecil Percival Taylor, born March 25, 1929, and died April 5, 2018. He'll be missed. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. We're going to turn now to another pianist who... um, I would say was not as radical as Cecil Taylor, but definitely was a musician that never compromised. I'm talking about the great Andrew Hill. And we're going to hear two tracks from Andrew Hill's album called Grass Roots, uh, which was issued on Blue Note Records. And Andrew picked a very interesting band here to perform Lee Morgan on trumpet, the great Lee Morgan. On tenor saxophone, Booker Irvin. And on bass, Ron Carter. And on drums, the late, great Freddie Waits. And we're going to hear two tunes, compositions by Andrew Hill. We're going to hear the title track first. It's called Grass Roots. And the second tune we're going to hear is one called Bayou Red. So here then, a couple of uh, tunes, compositions by the late, great Andrew Hill. Grassroots, to begin. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
That was a piece of music called Bayou Red, and that was by pianist Andrew Hill, and he assembled a a very special band for this uh, particular gig. And we heard uh, Lee Morgan on trumpet, Booker Irvin on tenor saxophone, Ron Carter on bass, and Freddie Waits on drums, and of course, Mr. Andrew Hill at the piano. And we heard two Andrew Hill compositions. The first one was the title track called Grass Roots, and the second one that we just finished listening to was entitled Bayou Red. We're going to close this evening and take you to the Newport Jazz Festival, July 5th, 1958. And we're going to hear Ray Charles and his band 
with Lee Harper and Marcus Belgrave on trumpets, David Fathead Newman on tenor saxophone, Hank Crawford on baritone saxophone, Edgar Willis on bass, and Richie Goldberg on drums. And this is an instrumental um, written by Ray Charles, and it's called The Blues Waltz. So here then is the neat little band that Ray Charles led for many, many years with all these great musicians in it, and Blues Waltz.
the genius Ray Charles on piano with his band uh, doing an instrumental called Blues Waltz, which uh, Ray wrote and arranged. And we heard um, two trumpet players. The first soloist was Marcus Belgrave. The second soloist was Lee Harper. And we heard Hank Crawford on baritone saxophone, uh, David Newman, fathead, on tenor saxophone, Edgar Willis on bass, and Richie Goldberg on drums, recorded at the Newport Jazz Festival way back in 1958, July 5th. Ray Charles. All right, that's it for the jazz show this evening. Next week on our jazz feature, we'll be doing some more um, music from the early 70s, this time with a very innovative band led by pianist Chick Corea. And, of course, the band is Return to Forever and their wonderful Brazilian-influenced music. And we'll be hearing uh, that um, style of music uh, next week on the jazz feature, Chick Corea and Return to Forever, a legendary band that uh, really made a big impact on uh, uh, jazz music in the early 70s. All right, thank you very much for being out there this evening. If you listen to uh, a little bit of the show, great. If you listen to all of it, wonderful. And we'll see you in seven days' time. You take care, and uh, I, I won't say enjoy the weather, but see, see, what, see what you can do about wishing uh, some more sunny breaks in, uh, in the oncoming weather forecast. It is April, so, you know, April showers bring May flowers, all that kind of stuff. Take care, and on behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, on and uh, also CITR FM 101.9, broadcasting from the campus of the University of British Columbia, right out here at, on unceded Musqueam territory, and of course we're also on the web, www.citr.ca. Take care. Bye-bye.
Thank you. 